Our Own Press presents The Cradle, written and performed by T.M. Camp. A while later, Ji woke to discover one of the goats nibbling on her hair. Another was doing a fairly good job of tearing away a long strip from the hem of her skirt. She sat up with a cry, scattering the curious flock that had surrounded her while she slept. The goats wasted no time in scampering back over the lawn away from her. They gathered together back at the dome's marble steps, eyeing Ji suspiciously. Blinking herself awake, Willing herself to stay still, G watched to see if the commotion had gotten anyone's attention. In the silence, her stomach rumbled. She remembered then that goats gave milk. Her stomach rumbled louder. G waited a while longer, just to make sure there wasn't anyone else around. But her hunger got the best of her, so she finally crept out of the trees and walked across the grassy slope toward the dome. The grass was pleasant against her tired feet, and for a brief moment she felt like she was back home, enjoying summer vacation. Then she discovered an unpleasant byproduct of the goats in the grass. Once she had managed to scrape her foot off, she continued on, perhaps a little more gingerly than before. The goats huddled together, regarding her approach with no small amount of distrust. As she approached, one of the goats trotted over to head her off. Gently, firmly, the animal butted her in the hip and complained at her trespass. Gee laughed. The little nubbins of horn on the animal's head tickled her. They posed no danger at all despite the goat's insistent efforts. From the safety of the steps, the other goats voiced their support for their comrade's bravery. The goat complained, lowering its head and digging in its heels to shove harder against her. G held the animal off, her palms against the top of its head. Knock it off, she told the animal. The goat stood its ground, pushing harder. G pushed back, digging her fingertips into the coarse hair and scratching deep into its hide and down the back of its neck. The goat tossed its head, throwing her hands off. It regarded her seriously for a moment, and then, gently, buttered her outstretched hands once more. G started scratching again. Soon the goat was shifting this way and that, giving off an appreciative rumble whenever she discovered a particularly sensitive spot with her fingertips. Soon enough, jealousy overcame suspicion, and the other goats crowded in for a turn as well. Jeez, hold your horses, guys. She did her best to give at least one good long scratch to each of them. Okay, she announced. That's enough for now. My fingers are about to fall off. She shoved a few of the goats out of the way as gently as she could and made her way across the grass to the steps leading up to the shadows under the dome. The goats did not follow. 
Beneath the dome, growing up out of a large mound of earth in the center, was a huge tree. The trunk was massive, with roots curling down, clutching at the dirt. An enormous crown of boughs stretched up, spreading out across the underside of the dome above. G stepped past the pillars and went under the dome. Every breath, every sound was reflected, magnified by the inverted bowl overhead. She was an intruder here, an outsider. G couldn't help but feel like she was trespassing. It was a feeling that she'd gotten used to recently. She felt a little solemn, like she'd snuck into a church. The floor beneath the dome was a grid of pale marble tiles, very cool under her tired feet. Her footfalls echoed softly around the dome overhead. Just in front of the tree at the center, there was a long wooden table. It was a rough, handmade thing. To one side was a cracked earthenware pitcher. Next to it sat a wooden bowl filled with purple grapes so dark they were nearly black. And next to the bowl was a cutting board with a loaf of bread on it. G's stomach rumbled. The bread was still warm as though it had just come out of the oven. It smelled wonderful and tasted even better. It wasn't until she'd broken off a second hunk that G thought to wonder who had baked it and where they'd gone. That she could see, there was no one underneath the dome with her. Overhead, the tree swayed gently. Still chewing, she walked across the floor and peered out between the pillars on the opposite side of the dome. The grass sloped sharply downward to a sandy bank, a wide river drifting past below. She wondered briefly if it was the river. If she followed it, would it lead her back to the dock where Assam and her mother had left her? Not that they had left her. Not that they had left her behind. She knew that they hadn't, but sometimes. Well, she still felt a little sorry for herself and a little lonesome. All waters are one, she whispered. But really, she had no idea if that were true. And she'd had her fill of following that river or any other for a long time to come. G went back under the dome, back to the table beneath the tree. She touched the grapes lightly, wiping the dust from their glossy skins. She took one and polished it on the ragged hem of her skirt until it glimmered, a dark jewel heavy in her hand. She popped it into her mouth, the skin snapping between her teeth, a little sweet, a little sour, filling her mouth with juice. She chewed, grateful for the flood of flavor. She felt something grind between her molars and she spat it out. There in the palm of her hand she saw three large seeds in the pale pulp of the fruit. She went to the edge of the dome and threw the mess out into the grass. The grape seeds had left a bitter taste on her tongue. Back at the table, the old earthenware pitcher was filled with milk, but she didn't see any cups on the table. And then she glanced around, making sure no one was watching. Raising the pitcher to her lips, she took a sip. The milk tasted sour, spoiled. She felt her throat clench and her stomach roll. Gagging, she ran over to the edge of the dome once more and spit the milk out over the side. She stood there for a moment, 
hands on her knees, hoping she wasn't going to vomit. Deciding she wasn't, she spit once more and headed back to the table for something to get the sour taste out of her mouth. She reached to tear off another chunk of bread, and then she stopped. There was a new loaf there, unbroken and whole. G looked around beneath the dome for a sign of who had replaced it. Nothing. No one. She circled around the tree, staring up at the boughs overhead. She wondered if anyone might be hiding up there. But the trunk was smooth and the branches were too high to reach, at least for her. I see you up there, she called. She didn't really, but she figured that it was the only place someone might be hiding. She might be able to bluff them into revealing themselves. You might as well come down. Nothing. Either there was nobody up there, or they weren't falling for it. Perhaps they were shy. Either way, G was starting to feel a little self-conscious and silly. She tore off a chunk of bread from the new loaf. There was something odd about the tree, though. She walked around the trunk a second time, not quite able to put her finger on what it was. Then she saw it. It was so obvious that she couldn't believe she hadn't seen it right away. It wasn't a tree at all, she realized. It was two trees, growing so close together that she'd mistaken them for one. She took a bite of the bread in her hand, thoughtfully chewing as she inspected the trees. One of them was wider at the trunk, at least twice as big around as the other. The larger one had broader leaves, oddly shaped like antlers. And the other tree, the slender one, had smaller leaves, each one shaped almost like a heart or a teardrop, depending on how you looked at it. Overhead, their branches intertwined together into a single crown. Above, the branches waved gently, although if there was a breeze, she couldn't feel it down below. Back at the table, she reached for the bread once more and stopped. The loaf was whole. Again. Um, okay. This was a little more interesting than she'd thought. There'd been no time for someone to switch the loaf out while she walked around the trees. She would have seen, would have heard. She peeked beneath the table just in case there was some kind of trick switch or a trap door or something. Nothing. Thoughtful, she took a few more grapes and popped them into her mouth one by one. She was more careful of the seeds this time, hard as stones and bitter on her tongue. Something was going on, obviously. G cupped the loaf of bread in her hands, feeling the lingering warmth of the oven. She tore off a chunk and hefted the loaf in one hand, the smaller piece in the other. They seemed perfectly normal. After a moment, she set the loaf back down. She could not have said how it happened or when, but by the time the loaf was back on the table, it was whole and unbroken once more. Huh. She chewed her bread while the trees whispered overhead. She reached for the loaf on the table, but stopped. 
She'd been thinking that she would break it exactly in half, just to see what would happen. It didn't seem right somehow. She didn't know the word sacrilege, but in that moment, she understood that whatever kindness had been set into motion in this place, she knew it would be wrong somehow to waste it or test its limits. And to her credit, as hungry as she was, it never once occurred to her that she could take the loaf with her and never go hungry again. She tore off another chunk from the loaf and snagged a handful of grapes, watching as they appeared one by one before her eyes. Once more the bowl was full, and the loaf whole. Impressed, she took her bounty over to the base of the trees and sat down with her back against where the two trunks met. The soil beneath the trees was dark and rich as coffee grounds. It felt cool between her toes, and she sat down. She worried for a moment about getting her dress dirty, but then it occurred to her that the dirt was pretty much the only thing holding it together anymore anyway. She ate her bread and grapes. When she finished, she took her seeds and threw them out into the grass outside. Back beneath the trees once more, she lay down and stared up into the boughs overhead. It was impossible to tell them apart in their embrace. She yawned suddenly, explosively. The sound echoed around the dome overhead. Above her, the boughs creaked as though chuckling. She watched the branches move back and forth. Outside, she could hear the goats muttering. Soon enough, she was asleep. She lay peacefully beneath the trees with a crust of bread still clutched in her hand. And if the loaf and grapes on the table were replenished while she slept, she did not notice. This book is a work of fiction. All situations, events, and characters are nothing more nor less than products of the author's imagination. And it's entirely possible that some of you are as well. Any resemblance to persons living dead or somewhere in between is entirely coincidental, especially if any of them want to sue me. This recording of The Cradle was produced by Our Own Press and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. It is copyright 2012, TM Camp, all rights reserved, except for the music, which is copyright Michael Levy. Violators of this copyright will be prosecuted to the full extent of the law and suffer the fury of the gods poured out in mighty waves of unending wrath until nothing of your selfish lands remain but water as far as the eye can see. Or being turned into goats. Either way, you'll be sorry. You'll see. This recording was originally distributed as a free download through the author's website at www.tmcamp.com 
The music is available from Michael Levy's website at www.ancientliar.com. Our own press, bringing readers and writers together, one story at a time.